Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. I'm a kindergarten teacher and I've been teaching for quite a long time. And my passion is inspiring other people, making sure that they find the spark, remember their heart, remember why we were called to teach. And as I prepare to do this podcast, this is the first episode. Thank you for joining me. And as I was preparing, I was asking myself, what is it that I want to my, my first episode, what, what's on my heart? What do I want to share with listeners? And I woke up one morning this week with this on my heart, and I immediately wanted to share it on Twitter, which is a great place for educators um, in, in this recent time. So if you are not a part of the Twitter PLN, you want to join Twitter. And so this was on my mind and I hesitated whether or not I should post it and really thought, no, I'm not going to post it. And then something said, go ahead and post. So I want to share with you what that post is. It was something for new teachers. It was just a burning, burning urge to share this message with new teachers. You are enough. You are valued. The youth excitement spark that, br- that you bring adds tremendous value and heart. Be who you are. Be excited. Ask lots of questions. Be happy in your space. Don't let any veteran try to lower your flame. Keep burning. We need you. Teachers need you. Kids need you. Parents need to trust you. You will make mistakes. We all still do. You have great ideas and new initiatives. Go for it. You will feel like you can't get above water. Keep swimming. There's a hand waiting to pull you. You just have to find it. And I hope you don't have to look too hard for it. That hand should be nearby. So moments after I posted that, I mean, literally moments because I posted and just kind of relaxing in the morning, I was kind of scrolling a little bit and literally the about the fifth post after I shared that was a teacher's post, and I want to read this to you. I need advice. I'm torn between wanting to leave my job at semester and not wanting to give up. I'm feeling like such a failure. I'm also constantly stressed, which is causing my anxiety and depression to get bad again. I'm feeling disrespected by my students. Constantly getting frustrated. I always try to stay positive and to reframe my thinking, but I'm finding it hard to do. Any advice on how to handle this or what to do? (sighs) needless to say, I was like, wow. Okay. It was definitely meant for me to share what was on my heart. And so I responded to her and tagged her in, in the post that I had just shared and asked her to please read it and told her that I wanted to be that hand message me, call me, whatever you need to do. Um, let me help you get above water. (sighs) That really stuck with me, and I knew that if I have that strong of a desire to share a message to help new teachers, and then moments later there's a teacher trying not to fall off the cliff, that was my confirmation that my first episode to share with 
all of the educational listeners needed to be directed toward new teachers. So that's what I want to talk about today. And I have quite a few things to help that I feel like I wish I would have known um, or someone would have shared with me in the beginning. I think it would have helped me with more clarity, more peace, and to not feel like I am just running around in circles and chasing my tail. It would, would have helped me feel like I, it's okay if I don't get it all done. So here's what I want to share. We're going to start with the fact that you won't get it all done, not in a day, not in a week, not even in the entire school year. When you're a new teacher, you have a huge learning curve of content. What we learn in our university programs, it's a little bit different once you get into the real world. So there's that learning curve. There's the content learning curve. There's the learning curve of building relationships with students and parents. And then there are all the expectations from the school, deadlines, paperwork, report cards, um, response to intervention, students in need, all these different things coming at you all at once. How on earth do you manage all of that? How do you grade papers? How do you return emails? How do you stay above everything? You have to prioritize and you have to be okay. I'm going to repeat that. You have to be okay with knowing that you cannot get it all done. As long as I've been teaching, I still can't get it all done. There's so many ideas in my head and I have to be okay with that. You also have to know that since you cannot get it all done, the kids are going to be all right. They won't suffer because you don't get it all done, but you know what? They will suffer because you are trying to get it all done. When you're trying to get it all done, you're staying all night, you're taking it home. And I have a story to tell you about that. When I first moved to kindergarten, um, prior to that, I was a third grade teacher, reading specialist, instructional coach. And that's a whole different story about how I uh, was blessed to end up in kindergarten. I'll tell you that later. It's a really fun story. But um, I was so excited. And, and these kids were just so happy to be in school and eager to learn. And it was such a, such a fun time that it was totally normal. M- my whole world became working. If I told you, I'm going to tell you because I don't want you to do it. And and sometimes I'm embarrassed to share this, but I was so enjoying what I was doing, creating, coming up with ideas, making things pretty and fun and vibrant and exciting and organizing. Sometimes I'd look up at the clock and it would be 11 o'clock at night. Um, And that's not okay. As I look back I did that on more than one occasion because I was enjoying what I was doing. But at the same time, I missed out on a lot in my family. And that's important. Um, Those were the early years of my children's lives. And I was at work literally first thing in the morning, all night long. Sometimes the kids and my husband would even come hang out for a little while. Um, But I should have been showing them the value of family and work and family balance. So since I missed the mark on that, 
I want to make sure that I help other people not get in that trap. It is amazing to be on fire and passionate. And I even have people in my educational life right now who the husband travels, they don't have kids. And so it it brings them joy to be at work. But to have balance, to have true balance, we need to find the other things in our lives that bring us joy so that we don't look up and we're exhausted and we need recharging because we are so attached to school. We have to separate and take that mental and emotional break. So I've said all of that. Well, how do you do that? How do you get all of this stuff done and not stay all night? Years of experience have have helped me understand that first and foremost, you have to manage your time wisely. You have to put things in perspective. I mean, really take the time to prioritize and figure out what's important, what has to be done now, what can be done later, and what is absolutely okay if it just does not get done. And this is where you may need a mentor, a growth partner, someone in your corner who can help you figure those things out. People are really, really willing to help you put things in perspective and help you figure out your balance. Um, Your time is very precious. So a couple of things that I've learned that help me not stay at work all night long. If your schedule permits and you can do this, get to work early. I mean, extra early, early enough to focus, grade papers if you need to grade papers, um, get your things ready for that day. I, I like getting them ready the night before, but if you can get to work early in the morning and have plenty of time to take care of some things to get you started for the day, that's an idea. Um, If you're grading papers, I think I said that a minute ago, if you're responding to emails, take care of some business that you can do or that you couldn't do when you have kids in the classroom. That's your early, early morning portion. Figure out what you're going to do during your planning time. I've always said um, you can designate a day where it's a little bit relaxed on your conference period, um, where you do get the time to socialize, because that is important to interact with your um, your team, other teachers. That's important. And that's a piece that you should not forget. Sometimes I've been guilty of work, 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 and not remembering to connect with my peers and my colleagues. And that's that's nurturing and you don't realize it until your tank gets empty. So don't go there. Don't get there. Designate time. Give yourself time to connect with people. It's very important. But the other days, be very strategic. Make sure that when it's time to drop your kids off at their enrichment classes, let's say they're supposed to be there at 1215. Don't walk out of your door at 12.15 because then you're not getting to their drop-off point until three to five minutes later, depending on how much traffic is in the hall, especially midday with people going to lunch, recess, um, other places in the building. It takes time to kind of navigate traffic, especially depending on your enrollment. So don't leave at the time that you're supposed to be at your designated location. 
it just pushes you further and further back. And then by the time you check your mail, do other things you need to do and get back to your classroom to actually work, you've probably already lost 20 minutes of your planning time. So manage your time better, close out your lessons and activities that you're teaching, be ready to walk out of the room somewhere between three and five minutes before you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. That way, when you get there, you are right on time. You can take care of your business and then you can get back to your room and be very productive. When you designate those days that this is my work time during conference time, protect that time. Don't just hang out and talk and and move slowly. Be very intentional and have a focus and a plan of what you're doing during that planning period. Are you studying what you need to teach for the afternoon? Are you grading papers? Are you planning a lesson for the next week so you don't have to stay late on Friday? Be very intentional about what you're doing. Let's talk for a minute about self-care in all of this. It's, it's more important than you realize to take care of yourself. A lot of times our mental tiredness and exhaustion doesn't necessarily come from our workload. It comes from not taking care of ourselves. So when we talk about taking care of ourselves, we have to walk away, refresh, recharge, and even reflect and reconnect. So when we talk about reflecting, where have you spent too much time? Where are you beating yourself up? Take some pressure off of you. That That's the main part of reflection to me for new teachers. Um, it's not so much about what can I do differently? What can I do better? I think new teachers put a lot of pressure on themselves to be better and they actually end up kind of tearing themselves down. So reflect on what you need to let go of. Reflect on what you're beating yourself up over and tell yourself you're good in that area. You're you're great. You you've got it. Stop beating yourself up. When you reflect and you shift your mindset, then you can be recharged and refreshed and ready to go in with a completely new perspective, fresh, ready to teach. There's no weight, um, no heavy weight or burdens on you because you're looking through a new set of lenses. It's so important to take care of yourself. I think some of the hardest times that I've had in my educational career were times where I've forgotten to take care of myself. There were times where um, I may be dealing with challenges in the classroom. I may be overwhelmed and I get so wrapped up in all of those emotions and factors that I forget to separate and focus on taking care of myself. I forget to remember to look through a different set of lenses and understand that I can't control every circumstance in every situation. And I have to have peace with that. So when we remember those kinds of things, I feel like we're much better and you don't 
open your eyes one moment and you're stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted. Let's switch gears and talk about something different. When I was a new teacher, (laughs) and it's funny, I really feel like I still have that exact same spark that I did when I started teaching um, all the way back in 2003. Yes, long time ago. (laughs) But seriously, I still have that same passion. In fact, I think my passion is burning even hotter than, than when I first started teaching. And here's why. I wish somebody would have told me you don't have to stay inside the box, but you do have to respect the box. You don't have to stay inside the box, but you've got to respect the box. You can get out of the box, even though your team does not get out of the box. You may be wondering what on earth are you talking about, Tracy? Let me break it down. So you may be that person who's creative, has a ton of ideas, always on fire, always ready to have fun. Uh, You bring the energy, you bring the vibrancy, you bring the out of the boxness. That's no word, but it is right now in this moment in this space. Um, you, You light up, you become a firecracker. And I know you can hear it in my voice. If you can see me, I'm smiling right now because that's so me. Um... You, you get excited. You want to do things differently. You want to jump on the table. You want to go under the table. You want to always have the kids like, where is she? What is she doing next? That's that's getting outside of the box. Um, coming up with new ideas, bringing parents into the classroom, being bold with your ideas. Um, sometimes everybody's not on that same platform. And you know what? That's perfectly okay. Now, Here are some ways to get out of the box, but still respect the box. You have to remember that you are a new teacher and sometimes you may be on a team with veteran teachers that are in different places and spaces emotionally. They have had different things happen in their career, so they may not have the same zest and zeal and fire and tenacity and passion that you do. Number one, you have to respect that. It's, it's, for lack of a better word, and I'm going to be really real here, when you're the new kid on the block, you have to be mindful of that. And one way, the best way, I think, to respect the box is to value all of the people on your team. And ways you can do that is even though you have all of these ideas and there are things you want to do, you have to respect the wisdom that you have on your team, the years of experience, no matter what has happened in their career, no matter what space they are in right now at that moment, you still have to respect them. Pick their brains, talk to them, ask them if they could tell you anything, if they could give you any advice, what would it be? Um, Teachers on a team enjoy knowing that the new teacher uh, values their opinion. So that's what I mean by respecting the box. If you come in like a snowball with all of these ideas and you're not even stopping to look at 
the environment on your team, the accomplishments that they have made, then that's where the breakdown and separation comes in. You have to really value what has happened before you got there. That's humility. And that's something that a lot of new teachers sometimes forget just in all of their excitement and passion of being a brand new teacher. That spark that comes with a brand new teacher, if we could package it and give it away to other teachers that have been teaching for years, it would be amazing. So with all of those feelings and excitement and emotion that we have coming in as new teachers, we have to remember that there are teachers who have been here for a while and respect that space, value them, pick their brains, talk to them about your ideas. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you want to do them, but you can just say, I have all these ideas in my head and I'm so excited and I just can't focus. And what, where, where would you tell me to start? What would you tell me to do? And you may even get just focus on teaching. And if that's the advice you get, embrace it. Just embrace it. And remember to keep your perspective. Remember to keep your focus. Remember to be organized. Remember to understand what your goals and expectations are to teach kids. Don't get so far wrapped up in your ideas that you forget your true purpose. But I believe that passion and expectations for students go hand in hand. So respect the box. Now, I've said all of that about humility, respect, and valuing the teachers who are on your team. But the reality also is sometimes, sometimes some veterans forget what it's like to be that new teacher. And they don't necessarily embrace the passion that a new teacher has. So with that being said, let me go here for just a minute. When you are trying to talk to other teachers and and build those relationships, it's going to be really hard to keep your excitement in your back pocket. It's next to impossible. It was super impossible for me. Sometimes those veteran teachers um, don't necessarily embrace it. And you have to make a decision to be okay with that. So here's what I'm going to say about that. Don't let the negative stick and stop you. Do not let the negative, the negative words, the negative thoughts, the negative actions, do not let those stick and stop you. Do you know, just think about this for a minute. I bet you can think about something right now, a big goal, a big dream that you've had and you shared with somebody. I bet you can remember the one person that has something negative to say and what they said versus the one person that cheered you on and was excited. Can you remember what the person said who was building you up? Or can you remember what the person said who was tearing you down? We remember naysayer words far more than we remember cheerleader words. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. Where where are we placing our value? In receiving words from those who believe in us? Or do we hold on to words that bring us down? I know it's human nature because words hurt. Words can hurt. 
And so hurt lingers. And that that's where that comes from when we hold on and remember the negative things. It, it's human nature. But for you to continue to move forward and hold on to the ideas that you have and push forward, it would be so much easier to do if you didn't hold on to the negative thoughts. I, as, as long as I've been teaching, I can still remember some of the comments, some of the thoughts, some of the actions even from veteran teachers in my first year of teaching that were not really supportive of my excitement. And for a little while, I kind of started putting that excitement in my back pocket and just sat on it because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to be that new teacher. I didn't want to rock the boat, irritate people, get on people's nerves. So then I became, you know, you're, you're concerned with what people say. And now you're so, or I'm so far off track of my goals. Um, and honestly, that's probably why I'm just now picking some things up and going forth because we hold on to words. So my hope for you is that this one piece of advice really, really sticks that People are going to say things. Please don't let that um, dampen your fire. Keep going. You don't have to stay inside the box, but you do have to respect the box. We shared a lot today. It's been really fun talking. And... I thought about all of this and I knew there'd be another huge piece that I want to address. And that will have to happen in a subsequent episode. We've talked about all of these things, your passion, organization, perspective, time management, self-care. And the one thing we really didn't talk about is the kids. And sometimes that's the hardest thing for new teachers. And so the next episode will probably be titled, But These Kids. And it's not going to be what you think it is. It's really going to help you look through a different set of lenses about these kids that we're called to teach. Well, this is the first episode of Intelligogy. I certainly hope you enjoyed it. I hope, new teachers, that you're feeling a little bit better, that you know there's a hand out there ready to reach out, help you get above water. I am always here. You can always email me at tracy at tracybrowder.com and we can talk. There's always somebody in your building who is on your team. You just have to have your eyes open and make sure you find that person. And I'm sure there's more than one person. Colleagues are amazing people if you can just take the time to get to know them. Remember balance. Remember perspective. Remember time management. Always remember to take care of yourself. Thank you for joining me at Intelligogy, where together we're disrupting the educational normalcy. Till next time.